0: So grateful, of course, of course, of course. I'm always so grateful to have this connection with you. So thank you for connecting with me, joining with me right now by means of this technology. Oh, well, let's start with a prayer and a blessing. I place my hands on my heart wholeheartedly partnering up with that higher Holy Spirit self. We're allowing ourselves to remember and recognize the fullness of love that is our very essence, our very nature, our very being. We're gratefully surrendering the blocks to love and remembering the truth of our identity as perfect love. We're already perfect. We cannot become any more perfect Than we already are. What a celebration. We are blessed. So we're sharing the benefits with everyone. Because we're one with them. In gratitude we let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Mm Amen. Yes. Our topic this week is beyond the body beyond the body. We're looking in chapter 18, section 6, paragraph 1. So section section 6 is entitled beyond the body. And it begins like this. There is nothing outside of you. That is what you must ultimately learn. For it is the realization that the kingdom of heaven is restored to you. So think of, seek first the kingdom and everything will be added unto you. It's another way to say that. There's nothing outside of you. Seek the kingdom within. That is what you must ultimately learn. For it is the realization that the kingdom of heaven is restored to you. There is nothing outside of me. There's nothing outside of me. Mm Mm-hmm. So we are the infinite. Nothing outside of us. We're already part of the infinite. So there's nothing outside of us. For God created only this and God did not depart from it nor leave it separate from itself. God created only this. God did not depart from it nor leave it separate from itself. I'm changing the himself to itself. am changing the he to a God. I find I prefer it that way without the gender for God created only this only this kingdom of heaven only this infinite intelligence and God did not depart God has not left the building this is the way I like to say it nor leave it separate so God is not separate God has not left. God is right here all the time. The kingdom of heaven is the dwelling place of the Son of God who left not God and dwells not apart from God. The kingdom of heaven is the dwelling place of the Son of God. The Son of God is the Christ. That is what we are. Heaven is not a place nor a condition. It is merely an awareness of perfect oneness and the knowledge that there is nothing else, nothing outside this oneness and nothing else within. Aha, nothing else within. Only perfection is real. Only the beauty, only the magnificence, only the Christ is real. Remember that we're dreaming. Remember that we're dreaming. Yes. So important for us to be willing to remember that we're dreaming. And we can have a happy dream. Yes, we can. And it's not about having a happy dream, it's about remembering that we're dreaming. What could. God give, but knowledge of itself. What else is there to give? Doesn't that make sense? What could God give us but an understanding of our spiritual identity and nature? Because there's nothing else to give. That we're made in the spiritual image and likeness of our Creator. We are made perfect, we are made whole, we are made complete. There's nothing outside of us or in opposition to us, nothing against us or in addition to us. We are complete, so we do not need to seek completion in another. We're already joined together in perfect unity, so we're already complete. The belief that you could give and get something else, something outside of yourself, has cost you the awareness of heaven and of your identity. The belief that you could give and get something else, something outside yourself, has cost you the awareness of heaven and of your identity. What I notice about my my experience of life now is that while I do buy things, acquire things, seek after things, I'm shopping on Amazon, I'd like to find that thing that I'd like, I'd like to find that toy for Bodie, my dog, I'd like to find that earring that will go with that dress these thoughts are are in my mind I am thinking I'd like to get things give things share things I'd like to find those cookies that he likes I'd like to find that restaurant that will have the food the way she likes it these things I'm thinking of looking to give and get experiences and flavors and tastes and uh, gifts and all of that. Yes, these things interest me. They're not the priority in my life, but they are things that interest me. I put time, energy, and effort into. The belief that you could give and get something else, something outside yourself, has cost you the awareness of heaven And of your identity. So I used to think that if I could get this or that, it would improve my life. I used to think if I could get this or that, that it would somehow make me a better person. I used to think if I could have this qualification, if I could have this experience, that it would somehow make me a better person, or improve the quality of my life, now I'm certain those things are not true. That there's nothing in the world of effects that could improve my life. And still, there are things that I have intention around Experiencing, having, sharing, and yet it's not the same as thinking, then I'll be happy. I don't think that anymore. Then I'll be happy. Then I'll be ready. I have learned that it is so vital to be in this moment now and not be thinking about a future happiness and yet i am still in that place of thinking at times i'm enjoying this experience and hmm i look forward to when it's over and I can go home and rest and just chill out, chillax, not have to um, drive anywhere, not have to discuss anything with anyone. So there are times when I think, oh, I'm so looking forward to talking with my prayer partners. Oh, I'm so looking forward to having a joining with my friend and meditating together and... Sipping our coffee together. I'm so looking forward to that. And still, happiness can only be found now. So I'm looking forward to these things in a different way than I used to, let's say, 15 or 20 years ago. When I would think, then I'll be happy. Then I'll be in the good part of life. I'm not thinking that way anymore. Do I know when that disappeared? I don't. I just know that it shifted, and I'm so glad it shifted. At the same time, there are some strange things that I experience, and maybe you do too. So this may sound very, very odd, but I I, I notice it. I think about it. I've been... Uh, in a sense contemplating it in the in the it's on the back burner of contemplation in my life so last winter was the first winter that i've had a dog since i was a child and i don't really remember a lot of my childhood i just i'm not someone who looks back on things anymore I just don't really do that. So uh, I don't remember what it was like having my dog when I was a child. And also, while I my childhood dog, whose name was Ebony, Black Cocker Spaniel, that I just loved, I I don't remember walking her. I don't. I don't know who walked her. Maybe we did, but I don't remember it. I remember playing with her. I remember going like to the woods with her and hanging out with her, but I don't remember walking her. I don't know if my parents actually walked her. She'd just do her business in the yard and come back in. I, I don't recall. And we had her till I was 21. We got her when I was five. So she was a huge part of my childhood, and I remember being very connected to her, but I don't remember some of those things anyway. So with my dog Bodie, I spent a lot of time outside in the very cold winter here in Vermont. The coldest it was all winter at my house was 17 below. But there were a lot of days when it would start out 5 below, and then it would get up to 5 above, (laughs) a big... 10 degree change there and so I'd be looking for the warmer parts of the day for us to go for walks and so I spent a lot of time outside in the snow and uh with her walking and I could in the winter we could walk in all kinds of areas that we can't walk now because all the the um the fields grow up with hay, and the woods uh, now. The there's all kinds of ferns and things. We don't go walking in there because there's no path cut in there. But in the winter, it's all just snow, and we can walk in the snow. So, what I loved about the winter was the stillness—just me and Bodhi, and the snow. The birds, very still. I love the sounds of the birds. And there are fewer birds in the winter than in the summer, in the spring, in the fall. And the snow has an energetic effect. Frozen water. You know, water, it carries memory. Water is uh, um, can be imprinted. I think of the uh, experiments of Dr. Emoto. So the snow is, f- to me, very peaceful. Very, very peaceful. Unlike the, the, the way it is now, where you've got all kinds of insects jumping around, you've got all kinds of frogs jumping around. I look out in the big fields around my house is that a fox or a coyote I'm not sure and uh, oh look there's the deer and the deer is hanging out with the geese isn't that interesting and oh look at those deer they're over there they're they're sleeping in the tall grass look at that and uh, um, so I see all these animals in the winter, you kind of see fewer animals, and uh, so it's it's quieter, much, much quieter, and it seems to be uh, grayer, not so sunny, a lot of overcast days in the winter, it snows frequently, and so you Get topped off with snow all the time. It's just great stillness and calmness of the snow. And it, it, it's pristine. So for me, I see these big, huge fields around my house, acres of uh, hay fields. And they're so pristine in the snow. So there's no disturbance. Whereas I look out there now and there's all kinds of things growing. And these are growing this way. And these are light green and dark green. And these have turned brown. And um, there's flowers over here. And there's tall grass over there. It's all varied. Lots of different activities. But in the winter... No, it's very calm and still. So there's a lot of information that you may think, good God, don't need all this, but um I have fallen in love with that stillness, that quietness. It matches me in my meditative state, and so I can go for a walk with Bodhi in the fields and in the woods, along the river, along the woods and it's so sweetly meditative now the weather is perfect it's just absolutely stunning vermont in summertime it's the best of the best of the best of the best and yet i had a strong attachment to winter and it took me all spring to let it go like i miss the winter i miss the stillness the mud, the flowers blooming, the landscape changing i wasn't uh, i wasn't digging it as much as I really enjoyed the winter, so why am I talking about that? Well, because I noticed I had this attachment, this attachment to the winter and It stood in my way of fully enjoying the spring. It wasn't a nightmare. It wasn't difficult. I wasn't in pain. I wasn't crying or whining or anything like that. It was subtle, but it was a current of energy in my mind. There are so many things like that operating in our awareness. In our consciousness. Remember, Jesus says that consciousness is the first stage of separation. It's the first step away from unity, is consciousness. And so, operating in my consciousness, in my awareness, are these subtle little tracks me missing winter. In a way, it would be the same as me missing a friend and thinking life is better with my friend. Life is better in the winter. It's just different. It's not better. The, the mind has these attachments and sometimes they can be subtle, energetic, Experiences, they are thoughts, remember thought plus belief is a power that can literally move a mountain. We're watching our awareness for the things that bring us into this world and thinking that we're here. And that things, if we could change things here in this world, we would be happier. Watching the mind for these kinds of thoughts. Because they are the causes of suffering. We can be vigilant only for God. We can make ourselves Be vigilant. We can choose to be vigilant for God and only God, not for the ego. And so for me, part of my practice is simply being the observer of my mind, noticing I'm missing the winter, that there's a slight, oh, I miss that sense of quiet. I miss that sense of It's me and God and the weather and Bodhi (laughs) and now Sattva, our kitty cat who came in the spring, wishing that it were like it was, right? Going, returning to the past. These kinds of yearnings for, oh, I liked it better then. Right there is an attachment, it's an ego attachment, of course it is, and part of how I know it's an ego attachment is because there's a slight sense of, I wish it were different, I wish it were like it was, and also it's about the experience of the body in the winter landscape, it's the experience of my sense of myself within the flow of the weather that I had this sense of quietness and stillness, and now there's all this activity uh, gardens to be planted, and uh, I, in the summertime st- i starting in in the springtime i'm Participating in, we have a local CSA, which is a local community farm, and I prepay for groceries, vegetables, and things like that, and so now I have to order those and pick them up and things like that, follow those emails, Uh, change the snow tires to uh, non-snow tires and things like that are happening things that are of this world whereas in the winter time a lot of that stuff was yes I had to shovel the snow and whatnot but it seemed like less here I'm planting my flower boxes and uh can I get the pool serviced so that I could do a cold plunge because it's not heated um and these things need to be cleaned up, but when they were frozen in the winter, it didn't matter. I've got Bodhi's pool have to clean her pool. she's got a little wading pool, and the 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 guy who cuts the lawn comes, and we have to get the dog to all these different things, all these activities and I liked it better in the winter on some level. I had this uh, just this attachment to that stillness of the winter time. Very beautiful. Of course, it's very beautiful now, and many would say it's more beautiful. But I, I do love the change of season. Anyway, watching my mind, my awareness, my consciousness for the this is better than that. I prefer this. It's not wrong to have preferences, but when there's a sense of right now it's less good than when I have it this other way that I like so much. Well, it's time for me to take a break. You're listening to A Course in Miracles with me, Jennifer Hadley, and I'll be right back. tuning in for A Course in Miracles Living the Love, Walking the Talk Welcome back This is Jennifer Hadley We're talking about A Course in Miracles and I'm going to make a couple of brief announcements here If you have ever been interested in how to teach online, to lead a workshop online, uh, if you are someone who has wonderful gifts and talents that you'd love to share in an online class or workshop, or even in person, you might be interested in the program we're running this August. Uh, The Power of Love Ministry. It's create and lead a workshop that makes a difference. Create and lead a workshop that makes a difference. And this class is with me, but it's being led by my dear friend and longtime prayer partner, Karen Russo. And Karen has been teaching and leading things for decades she's truly an expert and we are doing this offering together to support more light workers shining their light and feeling comfortable qualified and ready to offer online teaching one of the Great desires of my heart is to support people in being counselors, leaders, teachers, speakers, who have a great desire to do this, but don't feel confident, don't feel qualified. So if that's something that interests you, come and join us in our class. And what I would love to do is have more and more offerings at the Power of Love Ministry that are done without me. So I'm supporting many people in the ministry and stepping up, speaking and teaching and leading, facilitating, counseling, all these different things. And that is just a joy to me. I'm so grateful to be able to do that. Another thing I'd like to point your attention to is at com. we have many, many free resources. It's uh, The transcripts for this podcast are there. We have transcripts for hundreds of episodes. Also, there's study group support there, encouraging people to start their own study groups. We also list study groups there on the map. And so if you go to the place where it talks about exploring the map, the study groups, then you can find your way to our miracle circles. Miracle circles are a, an alternative to the study group. And the miracle circles are our way of... Being able to join together with a group that is working the lessons, but it's not about studying them together. It's about sharing and discussing how are we applying it? How are we leading our, our life, our family, our mind into heaven and away from the ego thought system? So just a uh, correction here, the on the map, you can list your events and see what other people's events are listed. You can look in terms of when they are, but you can also look in terms of where they are. So if you have a study group, please list it. It's a free listing. If you're interested in joining these small groups, the Miracle Circles, we're training new facilitators a few times a year, and these people are just loving these Miracle Circles. If you're interested in joining them, go to livingacourseofmiracles.com forward slash circles. You can also find it under resources, Miracle Circles. That's what you're looking for. And right now, we are open for new members in the Miracle Circles, and then once they're filled, uh, which will happen pretty quickly, uh, they will be closed until we train some more facilitators and open some more. And uh, yeah, it's a beautiful enterprise that Spirit has led me to offer, and it's been years in the making and now we're we're offering that so many things at livingcourseofmiracles.com and jenniferhadley.com free offerings we've got sundays with spirit our sunday services totally free and so much more Uh, next month in september uh, i'll be doing my stop playing small online retreat again in october we'll be offering finding freedom again and then the masterful living registration for 2023 will be opening and so these these things are happening baby and you can join us all right so back to beyond the body paragraph two Right, so chapter 18, section 6, paragraph 2. What could God give but knowledge of himself, of itself? What else is there to give? The belief that you could give and get something else, something outside yourself, has cost you the awareness of heaven and of your identity. And you've done a stranger thing than you yet realize. You have displaced your guilt. To your body from your mind. You have displaced your guilt to your body from your mind. So the mind has thoughts of guilt. We experience the emotion of guilt. Don't like it. Don't want it. We project it onto the body. Yet a body cannot be guilty for it can do nothing of itself what can a body do without us doing it choosing it right so the body can do nothing of itself a body is not something that has volition the body doesn't want crave things only the mind crave things that's important to understand And I'm so glad that I've had a ton of experience with cravings and finally got that it's a trick of the mind. It's nothing to do with the body. And getting that, I don't have to experience cravings of the body anymore. But oh my God, they ran my life for years. They ran my life for years. That's why I do my challenge to end self-sabotage because... I was in a loop. I was in a loop of self-sabotage and self-medication because I truly was in this place of believing that the body could have cravings. And now I see, oh, it was just the mind. So, a body cannot be guilty for it can do nothing of itself. You who think you hate your body... Deceive yourself. You hate your mind, not your body. You hate your mind. And we identify ourselves as the mind. So we hate ourselves. Because we're identified with the body and with the mind. You hate your mind for guilt has entered into it. And it would remain separate from your brother's, which it cannot do. So the body seems to be separate from other bodies. And so it further convinces us we're separate from each other. Minds are joined, bodies are not. Only by assigning to the mind the properties of the body does separation seem to be possible. And it is the mind that seems to be fragmented and private and alone. Its guilt, the mind's guilt, which it keeps separate, is projected to the body, which suffers and dies because it is attacked to hold the separation in the mind and let it not know its identity. So the guilt that we hold in our mind keeps us or prevents us from knowing our true identity. Now listen to this. Mind cannot attack, but it can make fantasies and direct the body to act them out. Yet it is never what the body does that seems to satisfy Unless the mind believes the body is actually acting out its fantasies, it will attack the body by increasing the projection of its guilt upon it. Oh my goodness. Think of... Okay, so this is what's coming to me right now. So think of people maybe who don't feel good about their body because their body doesn't look like the bodies in the the fashion magazines, right? We've all had some of that experience. And then think of the people whose bodies look like the bodies in the fashion magazines. And many times those people who look like the people in the fashion magazines... They have a neurotic relationship with the body. They have things like body dysmorphia that they can't even actually see the body the way it looks in the world. They can only see their projection of the body. They can they can only see the mental construct. They can only see what they hate, what they dislike. And so that's a very common thing. It's a very common thing. I encountered quite a bit of that when I was out in Los Angeles living there for so long. Mind cannot attack, but it can make fantasies and direct the body to act them out. So I think of the times when I would attack myself by drinking too much alcohol or attack myself by smoking too many cigarettes or attack myself by exercising so intensely or many different ways that I would attack myself. Then also I can think of the ways that I attacked others by, let's say, being cold, ignoring them completely ignoring them, using my body to attack another person by not acknowledging them. He says here, yet it is never what the body does that seems to satisfy. Unless the mind believes the body is actually acting out its fantasies, it will attack the body by increasing the projection of its guilt upon it. And this, my friend, is why if you would like to feel better about yourself by trying to improve the body, it does not work. It does not work. If we are loving ourselves by seeing the body for what it is, being willing to see the body for what it is, to love ourselves which is not the body. To love ourselves, to love God, to, to love the beloved because that is what we are. To teach only love even to ourselves because that is what we are. When we move into that space, then... It's amazing how the body heals. I've seen it for 20 years. that Or more. More than 20 years. I've been teaching forgiveness for 22 years. And what I've seen over and over again. Person after person. Unique situations. Unique experiences. Over and over again. That when people begin to do the self-forgiveness work which is so self-loving then it's amazing how the body begins to heal the chronic pain dissipates the the excess weight starts to shed all kinds of things begin to shift and change in the body when the person begins to align with their true identity and to stop hating the false identity which the hating of the false identity and the body along with it is all about that projection of the unconscious guilt paragraph four in this the mind is clearly delusional so to projecting the guilt upon the body. In this, the mind is clearly delusional. It cannot attack, but it maintains that it can and uses what it does to hurt the body to prove it can. The mind cannot attack, but it can deceive itself. Now, when I'm praying... Because you may know that I record a new prayer every day. I've been doing that pretty much since 2007. And you can get that podcast. It's called Prayer for Today. And uh, you can sign up for my daily blog, which is Written Inspiration. It comes with a pre-recorded prayer that I record every day. Pub- I write it, publish it the next day. And... When I'm recording those prayers, so often I say, let the blocks to love dissolve. We're dissolving the attachments. We're dissolving the blocks to love. That's what our healing is all about. It is letting the judgments and opinions go, and it's the judgments and opinions that are the unforgiveness And as we allow those to dissolve and resolve permanently back to the root cause and they're healed, the love flows. Of course it is. So I I think of it sometimes visually. I see an image of a river flowing, a river of love flowing in our Mind in our awareness, in our heart, in our beingness, and the judgments are the blocks to love that damn the flow of love without the flow of love, there's going to be illness and sickness and despair and financial difficulties. And all of it is the result of clinging to the blocks to love instead of being in the flow of love. The mind cannot attack, but it can deceive itself. And this is all it does when it believes it has attacked the body. It can project its guilt, but it will not lose it through projection. So we can project the guilt onto the body, cause the pain, the sickness, the suffering... And the sense of separation. But that doesn't heal the guilt. That doesn't lose the guilt. It doesn't dissolve the guilt. And though it clearly can misperceive the function of the body. It cannot change its function from what the Holy Spirit establishes it to be. The body was not made by love. Yet love does not condemn it. And can use it lovingly, respecting what the Son of God has made and using it to save him from illusions. So remember, the body is a teaching tool. We can start each day with an affirmation, let me use my body as a teaching tool. Let my body be used for love, by love, to remember my true identity. In order to let identification with the personality and with the body go in terms of being an attachment, our willingness is the only requirement. So are we willing to release the attachments we have to seeing ourselves as a body? Whether we think that's positive or negative does not matter. And... Let us see beyond the body. Let us see our existence beyond the body. Paragraph 5. Would you not have the instruments of separation reinterpreted as means for salvation and used for purposes of love? Yes, yes, we would. (laughs) We would have that. Would you not welcome and support the shift from fantasies of vengeance to release from them? Yes, we do welcome that. We do, we do, we do. (laughs) Your perception of the body can clearly be sick, but project not this upon the body. For your wish to make destructive What cannot destroy can have no real effect at all. So we can wish to make our body destructive and to make it kill us. It will have no real effect at all. We cannot be killed because we are not a body. So I can kill myself try to kill myself i can be self-destructive when i see myself identified with the body and still it will have no real effect at all on my true self what god created is only what god would have it be being god's will you cannot make God's will destructive. You can make fantasies in which your will conflicts with God, but that is all. Remember that in the in the course Jesus tells us there's only one will. There is no separate will. So, let's go back and look at this. What God created is only what God would have it be. Being God's will. You cannot make God's will destructive. You can make fantasies in which your will conflicts with God's. But that is all. So in this human experience, we have the appearance of a separate will. Because we have the appearance of separation... This is the world of contrast, of duality. But it's, here he calls it a fantasy, it's an illusion, it's a dream. All that's required for us to no longer see ourselves as a body is the willingness to see our true identity, which is our perfection. And so, let God's will be my will. This is something that I have been working on for years and what I have found is that it is my happy space to surrender attachments it is my happy space to tune in and find out what what am I to do today what am I to to eat today what am I who am I to meet with today And to surrender any attachments, sometimes it's very easy, sometimes it's more challenging. But the more I practice, the easier it gets because I see more and more clearly how fruitful it is to release all attachments to what I think I want and need and simply to be in that flow of love. So self-love is self-healing. And the greatest act of self-love is to release the judgments and the attack thoughts that we're holding against ourselves, and particularly those that we project uh, onto the body. Because then we can't even deal with them, so we're projecting them onto the body. And it is extraordinary how when people do this work... They heal the body, the mind heals, and then the body follows. It's always going to be that way. so if we're trying to work with behavior modification, if we're trying to heal the body without healing the mind, it just it's it's slow going it's slow going it's there's much faster route. The thing is we shy away from it because we do not believe. That we are worthy of the love and the healing. But all that's required for that to dissolve is to be willing. Yippee! <laughs> that's all that's required. I'm so glad that's all that's required. Yes. Well, we've got wonderful things going on at the Power of Love Ministry. We're inviting you to check check them out. Uh, we're getting ready to launch a new website and right now you can go to jenniferhadley.com, to Living A dot com and find some wonderful resources there. Our new website will be at powerofloveministry.net. But you can always go to jenniferhadley.com. And uh, I'd like to just remind you too that we have the A uh, Course of Miracles text messages and those are available. For anyone can sign up for them. We have inspirational text messages that we send every day. If you like, you can make a donation to help cover the cost of the text messages. And if you like, you can set up a recurring donation to uh, support this ministry in offering more and more free things to more and more people. And don't forget our Sundays with Spirit very often i 'm the speaker. We have other wonderful speakers, and it is a wonderful spiritual gathering. I also have my sacred circle, which is my spiritual counseling. Anyone can join uh, it's a membership you it's a membership a monthly membership for my sacred circle and you, you can come and ask me any question that you like. We do it almost every week, and that is also in a podcast. But it's the podcast is only for the subscribers, so that's a wonderful thing. Well. You're listening to Jennifer Hadley. We're talking about A Course of Miracles. I'm going to say a prayer to send us on our way. So grateful and thankful that we can see beyond the body. We can live beyond the body and recognize our true identity is intact. Perfect, whole, and complete are we. We are grateful to surrender any attachments to seeing ourselves as guilty and needing to be punished. We are grateful to open ourselves to healing in every way, every day. We are sharing the benefits with everyone. Everyone benefits because we join together in this way. We change our minds. And we remember the truth that sets us free. In gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 I love you. God bless you. Mwah!